Welcome everybody to the My Mighty Bruins podcast. My name is Shane Fee here with my uh, co-host and anchor, Chris Gravel. Chris, how are you? I'm doing good, Shane. How are you tonight? I'm great. And the court jester is here too, Jordan Von Allman. How are you doing, Jordy? I am the court. I'm wonderful. You're the court? <laughs> That's right. And you're out of order. <laughs> before, we do, before we begin tonight's show, um, <clears throat> a quick reminder that this evening's show is brought to you by DuPont, whose affordable lines of Tyvek and Tychem coverall suits offer the necessary protection needed during a nuclear fallout without sacrificing style points. Don't forget to reapply that sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, DuPont, for keeping the show going. Let's, uh, let's get right into it. The biggest headline out of this week is DTR's dad, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson's dad, tweeting about Chip Kelly and how crappy of a coach he is. He said he's a lousy coach. He's a million-dollar coach that takes no responsibility for how bad the team is. Um, I'm loving this. Entertainment value, at least. If we're going to suck, let's at least be entertained by the social media aspect of the game. What do you guys have to say about that? Well, you know, as when it happened, I told you we would definitely have to cover it because I, I have thoughts, and those, those thoughts are – I'm really sick of athletes' parents getting involved in their kids on, on the field or on the court production. Uh, we don't need another LeVar Ball at UCLA in a different sport. Or I guess at the very least, if we're going to be stuck with one, uh, maybe DTR should put up the same production that Lonzo did when he played I was, I was, I was just about to say. I mean, there's clearly an opening in the annoying dad department. So, I mean, right now I'm not particularly impressed by Michael Robinson's, uh, you know, style. I need if he's going to do this, some real, real outlandish nonsense. And right now he's just kind of being whiny. So, if he's going to do it, come correct. That's all I ask. <laughs> I, I, I think Chip Kelly's response was the right one. He goes out there and he just says. Hey, when you're winning, people say nice things about you. And when you're not winning, people don't say nice things about you. And that, I mean, I think like every thing, he's, he's just calm, cool, collected. And I don't know. I think it's kind of getting under people's skin that he's just so chill when we're, we're 0-3. And, and not just 0-3, but we're kind of not looking great, guys. We kind of look like a dumpster fire, you know, hot trash, as you like to say, Jordan. Uh, you know, we're not a team that looks like we have it together, as Petro said over the weekend. I mean, I, I do feel like we – I mean, right now, if you told me we went winless, I, I would not be surprised. Oh, rough. Well, the, the nuclear holocaust is upon us, hence, <laughs> hence the reason we need, need protection out there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I don't know what people want out of Ship Kelly and him not being cool, calm, and collected. Do you want a coach who's out there who just shrugs his shoulders and says, I don't know, I – this team sucks. Might as well just pack it up till next year. I, I mean, that doesn't help either. I want him to be somewhat reassuring. I want him to be working with those young men. He doesn't have to justify it to me, per se. He needs to keep the team together and keep them moving forward. I, I just – I feel like we could get like a Jim Morris when we're talking about the playoffs, you know? That, that, <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm looking for is playoffs. We're just trying to win a game. That's that, – that, you know – that's because when things go to hell in a handbasket chain, you're you're always looking for the drama. I mean, to, you know, to to uh, to put in a plug for a uh, young mockover who has, uh, as I understand it, fled the Western Hemisphere uh, after uh, after Saturday, uh, some, somewhere lost in the 
in the bowels of Southeast Asia right now, I believe. But uh, he suggested that maybe uh, Chip Kelly is totally fine not winning anything this year and just messing around and seeing what he has. Do you guys think there's any truth to that? I, it seems like it. He's, he's playing freshmen instead of playing, you know, people that have more experience. And um, he clearly isn't like, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem to me like he's playing to win so much as he's just kind of trying to figure out what he has on the team. Like, how are these players at football? Oh, they're not that great. Let's, uh, you know, just keep seeing how they develop and just take a real patient approach. And, and nobody, nobody get too fired up or nobody get too excited. We're just, just kind of, we're just kind of practicing guys. We're just kind of training for the future. And I, I think that's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. The wrong way. Uh, it's for sure rubbing people the wrong way, but at the same time, I, I, you know, I can't help but ask like always, what do people expect? The, the coaching player relationship is a two way street. Chip can say, here's the things I want you to do, but if players can't execute those things, then the coach can be the best coach in the world. If a player can't make a play, they look like garbage. All right. So you're trying to tell me that you think that Chip Kelly's years at Oregon are what we should still stay focused on and we should try to ignore everything that happened from like the his first year in the NFL was was a good year was a decent year and then since then it's kind of been downhill every year it's been kind of more and more of a dumpster fire and what you're trying to say is the trend is not what you should pay attention to just remember you know way back like 08 to 2012 or whatever that was when he was doing his run at Oregon um, you know, try to focus on that because that's really who we have here as a, as a coach. That's what you're I'm saying. I'm saying that he is one of the winningest college coaches of all time, that he was a failure in the NFL, says very little about his college coaching tenure. You have to look at a number of great college coaches who were failures in the NFL. Nick Saban, failure in the NFL. Steve Spurrier, failure in the NFL. These guys are great college coaches who couldn't hack it in the pro either because their approach didn't work, their scheme didn't work, whatever, but they're great college coaches. Chip Kelly, the last time he coached in college, was a great college coach, and I think that's the only data point that matters, that he was an NFL failure is irrelevant. All righty. All righty. Well, that that wraps up the uh, A portion (laughs) of the show here. (laughs) Let's – uh. Let's uh, take a break here and, and pay some bills, and we'll, we'll hit you back after the jump. This portion of the Mighty Bruins podcast is brought to you by ThyroShield, whose tasty potassium iodide pills protects against thyroid cancer. Now available in scrumptious black raspberry flavor, just like mom used to make. All right. Yeah, definitely uh, get in on that uh, thyroid uh, pill. Is that what it was there? Potassium iodide. Potassium iodide. Yeah, yeah. Look, as the apocalypse approaches, we all need to be prepared. (laughs) Thyroid cancer (laughs) is no joke and a real byproduct of nuclear war. (laughs) Uh, I think that might be lost on some of our our listeners here. I had no idea what the thyroid cancer shit was all about, what, what you were talking about there, but... Um, that's all right. Listen, I'm going to lighten the mood right now. I think desperate times call for, uh, you know, enlightening measures. Uh, and at this point, uh, I'd like to introduce our newest segment, uh, the hottest guy award. Um, I want to, I want to be clear to all of our listeners, abundantly clear. This is in no way sexual. It is a, a platonic, uh, pure artistic appreciation of manhood in motion. 
our, our standards, I think it goes without saying, are, of course, uh, Mr. Michael Fassbender and Idris Elba. Modern day Adonis's. I think that I think that Idris of Elba. I, I know who that is. Fastbender. I can't picture in my mind's eye oh, right now. Do a, do, a, do a Google search once your wife goes to bed, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> what what movies? Uh, uh, he's, he, he plays a uh, Magneto in the new X Men series. Fastbender. Fastbender. He was also Steve Jobs in the non Ashton Kutcher Steve Jobs. Oh, oh, I know that. Okay, yes, that movie I saw. He's kind of a dick, but I guess he was doing a good job because apparently so, that's some people like that. No, yeah, <clears throat> uh, we will have uh, eight candidates. They will square off in head-to-head matchups over the coming weeks. Uh, tonight we will reveal the candidates. Uh, <clears throat> the the clear front runner uh, heading into the competition: one Devin Monster, backup quarterback, first string heartthrob. <clears throat> The dark horse, or perhaps I should say red horse candidate at the moment, J.J. Molson, uh, from, uh, as I believe we all know, descended from the uh, legendary Labatt Brewing family. Labatt's Blue! Uh, <clears throat> and our, our remaining six contestants, uh, the lesser known David Preeb at tight end, uh, a tall drink of manhood, uh, <clears throat> Demetric Felton, wide receiver, Theo Howard, wide receiver, where where are you pulling these guys out of? What 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 extensive get... extensive internet research? Are you uh, just what... looking at the team bio page? <laughs> what's what's happening? That's here? correct. That's right. All right. <laughs> I did a full assessment. Full sure. assessment from one to ninety nine. <laughs> wow, you wow. ranked them. That's a lot of research. C- Christian Pabico, wide receiver. Rick Wade, defensive line. Uh, need to get uh, some love to the the bigger gentleman out there and Darnay Holmes defensive back. So, okay. So are we just throwing all these guys out there in this episode? That's right. We're gonna, that's right. We're going to like, and then, and then Jordan's going to winnow them down through a long bachelor like process wherein he creepily sends a rose to the training facility. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> at this time, at this time, I, I would like to also, uh, you know, give a, a shout out to uh, a little honorable mention, uh, what I'm calling the Luke Walton in disguise award to Winston Anawalt. Look him up. Um, <laughs> He, he, is, he is chubby Luke Walton with a mustache. Um, well. <laughs> What's his name again? Winston Anawalt. <laughs> That's a good name. Winston uh, Anawalt. I would also at this time uh, like to note that uh, the uh, Crosstown sensation JT Daniels will in no way be making an appearance on this or any other list. Uh, he, he will win the Alfred E. Newman Award, uh, and that is final. <laughs> again no idea what you're talking about alfred e newman award what does that mean mad magazine again you're oh, okay. you're gonna have to look it up i am i am okay i i, I got mad magazine you're, you're saying he looks like the guy on the on the cover of mad magazine that's correct that, i i don't know what jt daniels looks like so i will have to look that up um okay so that, that list of – was that ten names that you gave eight us? Eight names, many- eight names. It needs to be uh, something, uh, you know, divisible by, uh, you know, four there. Okay. Yeah. You know, a bracket mm-hmm. style to bring mm-hmm. them down. Run through, run through the eight names again really fast, <clears throat> really fast. <clears throat> All right, just stop clearing your throat. Run through the names. Devin Monster. David Preeb. Faster. Demetric Felton. Theo yep. Howard. Rick Wade. Christian Pabico for a little bit of flavor. And Darnay Holmes. 
And how did you select these eight players out of our entire roster? Extensive research. Extensive, extensive research. Extensive research. So uh, you're saying you're going through these bio pages. You're looking at pictures of men's faces. Correct. And, you, and, and you're just saying, is this somebody that gets me a little excited or something? Do I find, do I find this headshot to be aesthetically pleasing? <laughs> okay, so these are your eight. These are your that's top right. eight. That's right. That's right. And it, and every week we're going to cut it down uh, by, well, by half, right? Uh, well, we're, I, is there a head to head? Is there a tournament edition here? We're, there... we're going to do head to head every week. So we'll start with, with the, the first quarterfinal. Then next week we'll go to the second quarterfinal, third quarterfinal, fourth quarterfinal. Then we'll get to the first semifinal, the second semifinal, and then we will have the finals. That's going to be seven weeks of mono e mono action. Is Jordan, there... just be honest. Are you setting this all up just so that a Bruin can win something this season? Listen. Oh, <laughs> zing. Wow. You may be on to my game. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, let me just uh, quickly, on that note, give give a shout out to our friends, Tom and Lily. And congratulations on their nuptials last week. And then most importantly, thank you for sparing all of us the pain that was being at the Rose Bowl this last yeah, Saturday. I was, I was at first upset about it. I think we mentioned last week we tried to get Tom to change the wedding. Uh, UCLA is a Bruin, I believe a double Bruin, uh, and uh, apparently they weren't on board with it. Um, a little bit selfish, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I was willing to look past it. And by early second quarter, I got to be honest with you guys, I was, uh, I was starting to feel something uh, akin to gratitude. Yeah, well, yep. you know, not in the least of which because that delicious spread they had. I mean, can I, don't I know if you want to go through a little rundown? Let me. It. I mean, we do need to have some kind of food every week, uh, you know, uh, for the culture. Uh, every day, I, every day, I, I like to eat food. Well, that's that's fair. I, I have to ask. Uh, you know, listen, the food was good. Uh, we started off with the cold spread, the the Mediterranean fare. Uh, that made sense. That made sense. Uh, but then there was uh, dancing. Uh, after that uh i'm not i'm not used to that course i was confused i was honestly i was like did we just eat dinner because there was a lot of food on the table i really enjoyed the fact that they they had the table stocked when we walked in the door you you got all the alcohol laid out there right in the middle then you have your your hummus and your your pickles and beets and mushrooms and all kinds of different you know dips and sauces and you're eating away you even got the salami and the turkey there and you're, you're, this is a very heavy hors d'oeuvre situation, and you got a few drinks in you, and you're thinking, hey, maybe this is all the food we got. Then they call you out to the dance floor, and you're thinking, okay, that was dinner. I ate. That was good. And then what happened? Well, then I believe we came back, and there was, there was some salad that was offered. A uh, bit of a delay, bit of a delay, bit of a delay. Uh, then some sort of uh, warm white fish kind of kind of wet your whistle with the first of the the warm entrees uh and then our helpful waiter let me know not to worry that barbecue would be on its way shortly but i I can't recall i I think there was some milling about and possibly even even some dancing after that point before the barbecue there were there was a lot of dancing in between all the courses and and at first i i too was confused but in hindsight uh, I think that it was a real way to keep that party going as long as possible because I drank like a sailor. Everybody and... did. Everybody did. They had the tables. Every table was stocked with a good amount of alcohol. Yeah, but, but with so much food spread out and the dancing in between, you know, I went, I went home pretty, pretty coherent. My wife was shocked that uh, I was not a mess with the amount that I drank at that table. 
I got to say they did it right, guys. I've been to a lot of weddings, and to have that amount of food and that amount of alcohol and, and, and people enjoying themselves over hours and hours, it was a longer wedding. It, it, took, it took a little while to get through the program, but everybody was just eating and drinking and yelling at each other and dancing, and, I mean, it, it was a good time. You guys enjoyed uh, yourselves? I did. I, I, I enjoyed the, the, the ceremony itself at the uh, First Congregational Church there in downtown L.A. I, I believe they tried to tell us that was the – largest organ in the world um i'm gonna have to fact check that though and let you guys know that it's oh, the it's second been, largest it's been fact checked it's the second largest in the u.s in a religious structure oh i know it, there's a, i know there's a bigger one in germany yeah there there are a few bigger ones apparently there's there's a lot of different methods for organ measurement as oh sure don't you don't know. have to tell me I, <laughs> <laughs> how do you think i came up with anyway yeah, <laughs> but uh, but nonetheless, it was a beautiful day, and congratulations to them. Yes, special, congratulations, special Tom and Lily, for their nuptials. And and we got a brew in there. Lily is was it was a law school only, or both undergraduate and law school? I think both. Uh, it is both. Yes. Wow. She, she she was as Jordan mentioned before a double Bruin. So, congrats, congrats. Always Lily. always welcome within the group. Good times. So, Good. Times. I want to. I want to quickly then. Uh, you know, mazel to to the to the Dooleyweds there. I want to uh, quickly get to uh, our our game predictions for this week. I feel like this week we're gonna go. We're gonna escape without a loss this week. I feel pretty confident. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, the way that the season's been going, Jordan. I don't know if you should be that confident. <laughs> the old bye week joke. The old when you're that bad. This is a joke that's been going around for years. I have been a New Orleans Saints fan since birth, my friend. I uh, we're gonna been, escape been preparing for a this loss this this week. That's great. Oh God. <clears throat> well, um, on on a serious matters. Uh, speaking of this week for the bye, and it sounds like Wilton Spate might be uh, getting us feet back under him. Moving forward with the quarterback situation, uh, what what does that mean going forward, and what do we want to see out of it? I mean, I definitely love to see Wilton Spate take some more snaps. He didn't really impress me in those first uh, few minutes that he played in that first game. He didn't look great. He threw an interception. I mean, he he was 8 of 12 passing, but but I don't think he could be worse than than what – I mean, DTR is great. He's super young. He hasn't played a lot of football, so all those qualifiers in there first, but – man, uh, we could use some veteran leadership at the QB spot. And Chip Kelly said what I had said before, which is Wilton Spate can run the football. He's actually one of the faster guys um, at the quarterback spot uh, as, as far as top end speed goes. And, and he doesn't have to change his offense that much when Wilton Spate is in there. So I hope um, you're right there. I, I just, I, I do worry, you know, again, I, I didn't watch him play at Michigan. Uh, you know, Harbaugh runs a much different style of attack there. Uh, I just I worry that Wilton Spate is in the advanced stages of of grayscale infection and that he is a full on stone man. <laughs> you're, not... <laughs> you're worried that he has Drew Bledsoe disease. Correct. <laughs> well, I think you were talking about Jorah, weren't you? I am. I am very yeah. much Game of Thrones, but <laughs> well, yeah. I I mean I I am excited for him to come back. I think that he does bring a presence i mean i watched him play at michigan he i thought he played great there obviously the back problem was a big part of why he lost his job there uh i am you know have been happy with dtr playing and at least getting the experience 
Uh, you know, he's a kid who only started one season at Bishop Gorman when he was in high school. So it's only his real second season of highly competitive football that he is a starter. And, uh, you know, he showed some flashes of great things. And I think that, you know, the speed of the game is he's still adjusting. I'm not excited for the numerous calls uh, on this show as well for Devin Monster, as I don't think that Monster was very good, nor has a very bright future ahead of him. So that that's the one outcome I personally don't really want to see. You've only, you've only seen a couple games of Devin Monster last year, and he played fine. There, you don't know what he is until he gets in. The, some people aren't practice players. Some people are gamers. He might be a gamer. We don't know. We don't have enough evidence you know to say one way or the other about Devin Monster all we know is in the short amount of time we've seen him play he did all right he wasn't like a world beater he wasn't like uh, unbelievable but he did pretty well you know he acquitted himself well so um let's not throw Devin Monster under the bus unnecessarily that's all I'm saying Um, uh well I I fear that regardless of my feelings on it that we're gonna see him sooner rather than later because I'd be willing to bet that uh DTR is gets one more game max and is done for the year to preserve his red shirt. Oh, I don't know about that. I think Chip Kelly is all in on DTR. I think, I, I think that he, he also can't count on a Wilton spate with, with, with that kind of back at six, six, that thing is just going to keep tweaking and moving and getting hit. And, you know, with that he, offensive line, he's going to be sawed in half very soon. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I don't I mean, I don't disagree on that. I don't disagree that we're not going to see spate for the rest of the season, but I, th- I think Kelly's, lit DTR out there and I think that now he has an argument to use with DTR himself of hey man I, I gave you the shots you need some time to season here's the really sad thing about Wilton Spate is he won nine games in a row at Michigan okay when he first, first year as a full-time starter I believe he won nine games in a row in a big time you know college football uh, conference um, you know, he, he's a guy that has some tools. He was an Under Armour All-American. He's six foot six. He can run a little bit and um, he can make all the throws. I, I, he, I, we, he just can't stay healthy. If he could stay healthy, he's got the veteran leadership and, and he's got some tools. And that right there might have might have gotten us at least a win or two. No, but if he couldn't stay healthy behind the Michigan offensive line, I don't know what his hopes are for staying healthy behind the Spurron offensive line. This is true. This is true. Um, let's move on to, to one other bright spot. Uh, not that that's a bright spot, but, but <laughs> what, one thing to, uh, to kind of hang our hat on. Our run defense has been a lot better this year. Even last week, which was another embarrassing loss, we held them to 2.9 yards per carry uh, on 50 carries for, for Fresno State. Um, which was one of the lowest totals in uh, since 2016 for our, our football team. I mean, we haven't had a great run defense, but um, I just want to say it's not all bad. We're, we we have made some improvements, um, but uh, overall the defense has been shaky and the offense has been worse. So, um, I mean, I, I'll say that for our run defense, the interior linemen, defensive linemen have done a great job really pulling it together. Um, you know, the, the outside defensive linemen outside of uh, Keyshawn, Lucian South, who really made a heroic effort this last game trying to put the stop on them. There just hasn't been enough movement there. I thought Adigizua uh, really regressed and, you know, he was poor in the run and he's not the best run defender, but he was also getting shut down in the past. And the linebackers are just not playing well. No, they're not. No, and, and, and let's, let's be clear. 
I really mean the inside linebackers. We have Jalen Phillips and uh, Keyshawn Lucier South on the outside that that are you know outside linebackers, but they they're they're usually playing that rush end spot also. Yeah, yeah. I never uh, know what to call the the rush end. I I always hesitate to classify them as linebackers, even though I understand they are usually listed that way. But. Yeah, but our our inside linebackers are really leaving a lot to be desired. That's usually Chris Barnes. Uh, Lokeni Toaloa and uh, Tyree Thompson have gotten the most time there at the inside linebacker spot, and they are they use the uh, the Jim Mora uh, uh, school of tackling. Is that right? <laughs> swing it, <laughs> swing and a miss. It is not baseball we're playing here, and you don't get three strikes. You you want to grab a man by the arm run. and throw him to the ground. That's how I understand how you do it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I do think that this last game the defense overall regressed quite a bit. And yeah. You know, so so a, a tip of the cap to to the run stopping. I, I did appreciate they were getting more aggressive, but you know, aggr- aggressive is only one part of the equation. You really got to couple that with some sound fundamental defense. Yep. At this yep, point, yep, uh, yep. I'm getting a I'm getting a, a note from our our legal counsel here. Uh, <clears throat> announcer man has a a quick uh, note to make that tonight's show was in no way brought to you by Dupont or Thyro Shield. Uh, that is absurd that they would have anything to do with our program. These were merely used for comedic effect to highlight the metaphorical nuclear meltdown that our season has become. Ah, well, <laughs> good to make that clear. Uh, I I also am rethinking my association with this program, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> What's to, the rethink? To, Oh, you know, I guess if I haven't quit being friends with you guys up until now in my life, it's never going to happen. So, uh, you're but, um, no, let's hope that the bye week allows the Bruins to take stock, make some adjustments and uh, get back on track with uh, helping these guys move their game in the right direction. I will. I wish uh, Wilson Spate all the best with his back so that we can hopefully get a quarterback out there who makes fewer mistakes. Yeah, or at least part of the season, and uh, maybe at least snag one win off someone just to not uh, make this season a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, it'd be nice to get a couple wins, just just a few bright spots throughout the season. That that, that wouldn't kill me, Jordan. I mean, that's um, I think really more than we can ask for at this point. Uh, a couple few wins. Uh, I can't believe it, but uh, that that sounds like um, best case scenario. It really does. I mean, and and we were all so excited. I want to do. I, I do want to commend you, Jordan, on having the balls last week to call a Bruin loss. I mean, we're going up against Fresno State, a, 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 not a Power Five team. You know, somebody that we really should beat in in years past. And, uh, and and what did you say the final score was going to be? I did not predict that level of uh, of beatdown uh, and ineptitude. I, I think I, I said something like twenty seven twenty one. Certainly not not the lopsided manhandling that that we uh, received. But yeah, I just I, I don't know. I got the sense that. Uh, you know, if you can lose to Cincinnati on opening day, you can certainly lose to uh, what is. Uh, you, you have to think Tedford's got you know a, a better team up there at Fresno State. You know, they're they've had decent players over the years, and it just seemed like I, I saw nothing to convince me uh, at Oklahoma other than some nice plays in what was though kind of garbage time that maybe DTR 
was was ready to produce and and clearly um he's not quite there yet uh i don't know if that's chip kelly's fault but uh we'll figure that out later i guess well yeah. i had forgotten that jordan predicted against the bruins so under the laws of fandom you clearly cursed them and that loss is on you jordan i hope you're happy <laughs> <laughs> i accept oh all right well uh to kind of wash this bad taste out of our mouths we're going to the dodger game on saturday night looking forward to that um i predict a win i I predict a a win against the the fathers well that right that would be the best and never forget that the dodgers were the highest scoring la sports team who played this last saturday Ooh, that's fair 17 points 17 17 runs neither can UCLA I just also let you guys or know? the other team here managed to break 14. So it's called runs in baseball, Jordan. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just uh, so you know. Yeah. I, you know what? They're points though. All sports are points. And the Dodgers won again tonight against the Rockies. They got the brooms out. That, that was three games. I think they're now two and a half up. So uh, things are looking good. Uh, well, that, it should be a good time. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys in person, I guess. And uh, I'm sure we will talk next week. All right. Buenos noches. Buenos noches, pucheros. (laughs) All right. Go Bruins and go Dodgers. We'll see you guys next week. Go Bruins.